from Manhattan Associates, this is Nucleus of Innovation, the retail and supply chain podcast where we tackle some of the most important topics in the industry and learn how leaders are managing their supply chain challenges every day. I'm your host, Chris Shaw. I'd like to give a quick reminder to all our listeners that we're adjusting our podcast a bit for the next few weeks as we focus on the impacts and the outcomes of COVID-19 and what that will mean for manufacturers, distributors, and retailers in both the near and long term. So you'll be getting a short form of our podcast, but the plan is to do a whole lot more of them for you. I want to apologize today in advance for any audio discrepancies. All of us on the podcast here are quarantined at home, just like you. Today, we are discussing the impact to labor in the warehouse, specifically as it relates to the proximity between workers, both during and after the current coronavirus pandemic. And we're trying to understand the technology and tactics that will be needed to ensure a safe environment for workers in the distribution center. First, I'd like to introduce Matt Dermody, a senior manager for enterprise mobility services at Manhattan Associates. Matt works with a lot of edge technology partners to help organizations create fantastic fulfillment experiences for their associates. Welcome to the podcast, Matt. Thrilled to be here, Chris. Thanks. And today we also have a special guest. Mark Wheeler is the director of supply chain solutions at Zebra Technologies. Now, some of our listeners may recognize Mark from our Momentum User Conference, where he has spoken in the past. Thanks so much for joining us today, Mark. Thank you, Chris. I'm happy to be here. Now, Matt, much of what we've heard over the past two months has been pretty negative when it comes to retail and distribution, as most organizations are struggling with 40, 50, 60% drops or more in demand. However, as we've mentioned on the podcast earlier, there are a number of organizations out there that are on the opposite end of that spectrum, right? who are experiencing significant increases in demand and need labor to help support that demand. Yes, that's that's exactly right, Chris. Uh, we've been working around the clock supporting uh, our clients that are experiencing the unexpe- unexpected peak periods right now. Uh, there were the kind of obvious first round of almost now familiar usual suspects such as grocery, healthcare, and and pet food that, that experienced that kind of first wave of, of response-related impact. But interestingly, we're starting to see a secondary and, and even tertiary aftershock in, in things like at-home workout equipment, home office supplies, puzzles, and other kind of hobby kits, and uh, even uh, hair care products like clippers and uh, hair dye are, are starting to uh, really see some high demand. Uh, I think we're going to start to see uh, a number of choppy buzz cuts in, in upcoming Zoom video conferences. Yeah, I did hear the Walmart CEO talking a bit a week or so ago about the fact that all of the hair care products are flying off the shelves. There are certainly some extraordinary efforts being made right now to keep things moving. But what are these organizations dealing with in the short term as they try and get through this current situation? Well, we did just mention the distribution environments that are experiencing those temporary surges due to uh, having popular quarantine-related items. But uh, others are are honestly just as busy as they may be rapidly pivoting to handle more e-commerce volume. Uh, that we know that a lot of retail storefronts are still very much closed. So an e-commerce distribution center may be the lone lifeline keeping some of these retailers afloat right now. Therefore, it's it certainly is imperative um, that they're optimally operating because the risk to the business uh, is so high. So regardless of either of those situations, whether it's an unexpected peak period, 
um, in, caused by an e-commerce influx or caused by the, the type of products that, that the client may carry, we still believe that kind of in either situation, uh, the ability to rapidly onboard new employees uh, and get them to standard levels of productivity quickly is really paramount to success uh, in these stressful times. Uh, as part of that, we, we really think like having um, an intuitive mobile experience with self-guided workflows and built-in training uh, can really help teach and, and um, instruct a user on how to perform the job functions kind of as they go, while at the same time minimizing physical interactions that, that might have been there or might have previously been required in order to bring people up to speed. Uh, there'll be less shadowing um, one user with another user or a tenured employee with a, with a new user if perhaps maybe the mobile device that they're carrying can guide them through the workflow instead in order to get them up to speed. Uh, we can even provide uh, proximity monitoring, which can help enforce that safe distancing between workers and, and keep operations humming along. So, so many organizations are moving at lightning speed. And now, they, of course, they have to keep workers far apart and make sure that they're not close together. Mark, isn't what Matt is describing exactly what Zebra and Manhattan Associates have gotten together to try and solve? Yeah, absolutely. There, there are some customers that now have some time to evaluate new solutions due to the dynamics of their business and others that need to rapidly scale specific operations like e-commerce. And so they need tools that are easy to learn and use to, to help them do that. And that's something, of course, we've been collaborating very closely with Manhattan Associates for some time to deliver advanced user experiences from both a hardware and software perspective. So we're working with Manhattan today and on the Zebra side, we're providing attractive terms and, and easy access to a wider uh, array of, of mobile devices so customers can very quickly pilot and, and uh, deploy these uh, solutions based on Touch Warehouse, for example, uh, into their operations and, and see if it's, if it's right for them. And, uh, and what kind of results they can drive out of that operation. So low-cost access to hardware and pre-configured software. Matt, how is your team here at Manhattan working with Zebra to put the hardware and software together to create a, a turnkey support package for organizations that have a real need for this right now? Yeah, that's a great question. We're calling this program right now the, the Surge Relief Program. Um, as, as Mark alluded to, it's, it's about getting devices in the hands of end users as quickly as possible. So we're leveraging both a relationship with Zebra in order to help kind of creatively source that equipment, but also um, leveraging another partnership that we have with um, a MDM provider named uh, Sodi. And through our relationship with Sodi, we can actually remotely configure, manage, and deploy the mobile devices that, that Zebra can provide from a very safe distance. We don't need to send anybody on site. We don't need to have any physical presence there. We can uh, remotely administer and configure everything in a very turnkey fashion. Um, and we have that kind of pre-built and, and ready to go. So it's something that our, our end customers that are in these surge periods right now can take advantage of uh, very quickly. Now, Matt, earlier in the discussion, you mentioned proximity sensing. And I think many listeners would have heard about that from the recent media around Google and Apple exploring it with us as a general public, tracking the coronavirus through cell phones. What exactly is proximity sensing? Why is it important? And how can this solution make it possible in the warehouse right now? Yeah, it's, it's funny because proximity monitoring is, is one of those things that I don't think any of us uh, had heard of uh, just a few weeks ago, but it, it's quickly being added to the 
buzzword bingo along with social distancing and mass gatherings and a, a number of the other kind of compound word phrases that uh, I think have been almost invented as a result of, of this outbreak. Um, but to answer your question, um, proximity monitoring is a, is a pretty neat concept where we can reuse some of the technologies that we already have today uh, in our environments, just in a, in a different and, and more novel way. And in, in this example, um, we're using mobile devices in order to sense um, and detect the presence of other mobile devices. And from that, you can basically infer the relative distancing between individuals. So if I can detect that the device in, in my hand is roughly six feet away from the device in another user's hands, we can also infer that therefore those users are, are maybe getting too close. And, and that's something that we can therefore kind of help enforce safe distancing or at least kind of record those interactions so that they can be referred to later. So Mark, Matt was just telling us about trying to infer that people are a certain distance apart. How, how does the hardware know the workers are, say, six feet apart? And is that configurable for the organizations depending on the local mandates they might have? Yeah, so pretty much all of our, our current devices, they're all uh, Android-based, and they have the ability to sense uh, Bluetooth low-energy signals and to act as a, a Bluetooth beacon as well. And along with that comes the ability to tune the power of the radio and to get information about the strength of signal. So uh, with all of that together, you can kind of uh, engineer a solution to approximate, as Matt was saying, the six-foot distance uh, detection. And it's important to understand that you know, when we're working with RF uh, signals like this, it's not an exact science. So uh, we're working with uh, the Manhattan team to create algorithms to, to make the best estimate of um, what that uh, what that looks like at Zebra. We're also looking at more sophisticated approaches using you know, additional sensors where it may be required to deliver higher levels of precision and capability. But in the meantime, you know, this Bluetooth uh, low energy based solution, it's, it's pretty straightforward. It can be deployed with existing hardware for most of our customers. You can augment that with additional beacons as well. So I think you know, most warehouse operations today were certainly not designed uh, with the objective in mind of maintaining uh, social distance. So customers are looking right now, first of all, can we notify the employee in real time that, hey, you know, you're, you're within range uh, of another person so that uh, both of them can take appropriate action? And then over time, can we maintain a, a log of information that is actually associated with the user, which uh, Touch Warehouse can do, um, rather than just the device, um, so that in the need, you know, in the in the event that we need to go back and do some contact tracing, we've got the uh, the raw raw uh, information to do so. All right, this sounds pretty awesome, guys. So right now, these organizations can be implementing proximity measures to try and reduce the stress on their workers and try and create a compliant workplace. Now, Matt, Mark just mentioned something there about tying things to the user. What what is your team working on to expand the capabilities of the solution more long-term? Yeah, that's that's exactly right. So earlier, we, we kind of discussed the foundational concept, which is uh, proximity monitoring. Uh, but the evolution beyond proximity monitoring that, that, that Mark had mentioned there is contact tracing. And, and that is 
the concept that a lot of the public has been now introduced to through a, a recent 60 Minutes episode um, with a Apple and Google Spotlight. So those two behemoths are actually um, laying down their arms in, in somewhat of a rare armistice and are working together to bring contact tracing to the masses. Now, the, the problem that they are going to have, despite the size and influence that, that Apple and Google have, is the problem um, with, with kind of opting into a solution like that. So there's a number of potentially dystopian um, reactions to, to the concept of your cell phone tracking interactions constantly throughout the day. And there's also, unfortunately, the flip side of that, that the, the technology such as contact tracing where we're recording a, a, a log of events of the interactions between individuals so that we can later refer back to that and, and maybe trace back all of the potential contact points that could have led to an infection. That's only as effective if you have up to 60% or higher participation in that sort of uh, of a solution, which is a big challenge when it's an opt-in style model, which is what Apple and Google are bringing to the table. And in, in early studies in, in countries like Singapore, um, we're seeing that consumer adoption is only around 20%. But in the warehouse, we kind of have a unique advantage because it's a controlled environment that both Zebra and Manhattan play in very well. And, uh, we have the ability therefore to drive that participation rate to a hundred percent because we're able to enable this automatically within the, the piece of hardware that every um, end user has within the warehouse and that they're using to perform their job functions. So Manhattan can turn that on within the, the mobile application that the end user is using to pick or put away or receive or perform whatever function that they're performing. And then the underlying hardware that, that Zebra is providing can actually perform the, the sensing um, that can then log those events. And because we have context to know who's logged into each device, we have that extra benefit to then record that as an event. So it's not just device A was near device B, you can say that Matt was near Mark at this point in time during his shift today. And then later we can discover maybe, hey, Mark um, has tested positive. Let's let's see how many interactions maybe th that individual logged during their shift or, or possibly even over something like a 14-day incubation period, for instance. So that is incredibly powerful from a business continuity standpoint because you don't necessarily then need to shut down your entire operations to perform a, a, a widespread quarantine, you could maybe limit that to a subset of, of the workforce that you can validate has interacted with each other based on that contact tracing period. And then it's also imperative for, for helping to, to ease and, and give peace of mind to the, to the end users that the employer is investing in technologies that are helping to enforce their, their safety um, and, and provide that comfort level while they're performing their job duties. Right. And we said that in the beginning, for every one of these organizations, the safety of their workers is going to be number one, but it's really mutually beneficial when the workers stay safe and they're able to isolate people who may have been exposed. Yes, it's safer for the workers, but it's also more productive for the organization and it's less stress on our supply chain. Certainly, uh, we've seen plenty of that lately. Now, we've been looking at this as sort of the short-term solution for right now. And I think it's fantastic for organizations that are going through these types of stresses right now. But as the economy begins to thaw 
and workers at non-essential warehouses are coming back to work. Do you envision these types of capabilities being needed, at least for the foreseeable future, at maybe all distribution centers? Yeah, I think that what we've found through this is that employers kind of have a reinforced obligation to ensure that their employers um, are safe and comfortable while at work. I have a client who today is, is, is honestly facing a challenge with 65% of their workforce just not showing up every day because they're really not confident enough or comfortable enough that it's safe to do so. I'm pretty sure, and I think at least, that there's a very real possibility that those expectations that employers can provide safe working environments and conditions uh, is a trend that is, that is here to stay. Proximity monitoring and contact tracing are the, the, the first two new buzzwords and, and technology-based solutions that, that help to enable that, but I, I think they are probably just the beginning. Mark, what do you expect? Yeah, I think in the short term, um, and we'll leave you to decide what short term is, these type of solutions for, for uh, informing and, uh, and uh, reporting on social distancing are going to be, if not desire, at least desirable, if not absolutely necessary, uh, depending on the operation. Uh, longer term, and, and, and really right now, we're seeing companies already interested in redesigning workflows to build in uh, you know, more social distancing. That certainly was not a design criteria that anybody had in mind in the past when they were, you know, trying to minimize travel time in warehouse operations design. So I think we'll we'll see it, you know more interest in things like moving from you know order based picking to zone picking, where you inherently sort of build in some distancing uh, in the operation by doing that, and that just makes that that way of that mode of of, of operating more effective. Of course, that that has a lot of uh, impact on on the operation more broadly. Uh, I think we're also going to, you know, see an accelerated interest in the use of location-aware solutions in general. You know, that's already a trend in a lot of operating environments, including the warehouse. And uh, you know, this just adds to the value proposition of, you know, really knowing in real time where your people are and where your assets are, and how they're interacting, and having that kind of that kind of visibility uh, to the operation. In the meantime, uh, you know, we can provide instantaneous feedback to employees and and a record for, for looking back over time. So, Hey guys, if we have a listener out there that's experiencing this kind of disruption right now who needs proximity sensing and some surge relief, how do they get in touch with us to get more information about surge relief? Sure, Chris. We, we actually have a, a website um, that you can navigate to that is just touchwarehouse.com. Uh, and at the bottom of the first page there, there's a let's get in touch email link and you can click that and, and you can uh, reach out to us uh, from that portal right there. Awesome. Thanks so much. Well, Matt and Mark, that's all the time we have for today, but this has been really fascinating. I want to thank you both for taking the time to join us today. My pleasure. Thank you, Chris. Yep. Thanks, Chris. Uh, remember to wash your hands.